Hello, Internet. Today I want to talk about what obsessive compulsive disorder is, or OCD. There's a lot of misconceptions about what it is. People are throwing OCD around like it's just another word for being meticulous or clean or organized. And I just wanted to kind of clear that problem up by describing to everyone what OCD actually is. So this is a very brief description, so I'll uh, just keep that in mind. Also keep in mind that OCD is, is a very uh, individual disorder. Everyone with OCD looks different from each other. There's a wide variety of symptoms, a wide variety of presentations. So just keep that in mind. So OCD begins with obsessions often. Uh, the, the key to understanding OCD is understanding the obsessions because that's really where it all begins for most people. So people uh, have obsessions. These are intrusive thoughts. They're unwelcome thoughts. They cause distress. They're persistent. They're against your will. And people often know that the intrusive thoughts don't make any sense. Intrusive thoughts like, what if my stove is on? You're at work and you're thinking, what if, what if my stove is on at home? And this is an intrusive thought that they get all the time. Or they have an intrusive thought that God is going to punish them. Or they have an intrusive thought that their spouse is going to get in a car accident. Or they have an intrusive thought that they're going to be poisoned. Like they, you know, they go to work and they get up, you know, some coffee from the communal coffee pot. And I think, wait, what if someone drugged this with poison? And they have these obsessions all the time. They're worries that pop into their head uh, that uh, cause a lot of distress and, and they become very preoccupied with them. And they're things that aren't likely to happen. You know, what's the likelihood that someone's going to poison the coffee pot at work? They might even agree with you. They might even say, it's not very likely, but what if? What if it happens? It could happen, right? And their brain sort of is deciding to really focus on that. And so it's it's really hard to uh, use your conscious mind to combat that. You know, people can use their conscious mind to say, like, it's not likely to happen. I'm sure no one's going to drug me at work in the coffee pot. But their inner brain is like, but what if? You know, and it just, there's all these signals of anxiety and fear and what if and what if and what if. So they're, again, these are intrusive thoughts, meaning they, you know, they pop into your head, they're unwelcome, they're persistent, they're against your will. It's important to know that these are not hallucinations, right? They're not like for psychosis where you hear a voice. It's just regular thoughts that people have, but they're intensified. So examples of obsessions are worries of contamination, like being from germs or on a doorknob or from, from shaking hands or being poisoned, as I said, or being drugged. People can also worry about acting on harmful impulses like punching someone in the face. It might sound odd, but some people with OCD are terrified that when they're talking to someone, they're going to just impulsively like punch that person in the face. And they don't want to punch the person in the face, but they're like, well, what if? You know, I've done a lot of impulsive things in my life, even though they haven't, but they're, they're convinced of that. And they're like, you know, what if I punch someone in the face? I mean, how awful would that be? And, and it, it creates a tremendous amount of distress for them. And they might avoid talking to people so that they can avoid having that fear. Billy Bob, Billy Bob Thornton, the actor, has a form of this. He has a fear and obsession about if he were to go to a play – uh, a live show. He is, he has an he suffers from OCD. Apparently, he was talking about this on Oprah. He is terrified that he's going to walk up onto the stage and mess with the show. He doesn't want to walk up on stage and mess with the show, but he's terrified that he's just he's going to impulsively do that and it will be horrible for him. And guess what? He avoids going to shows because of that. 
Some people have uh, worries and obsessions about jumping off a bridge. They'll be walking across the bridge and they're like, what if I just impulsively jump off the bridge? I mean, I've done weird things before that I couldn't explain. I've said impulsive things that I've regretted. What if I jump off a bridge and I die because of that? And, and also some people worry about harming their own children impulsively. Other people will worry about imperfection, like things being organized perfectly or cleaning their house. Um, again, uh, this is not just minor obsessions about a clean house. This is something that dominates the brain, creates incredible distress, and ruins their life. And they might not ever be able to leave the house because they need to make sure that everything stays perfect. There's a difference between just someone being meticulous and being very clean and having OCD. It's, it, there's, a, there's a big gap between that. Uh, people with OCD might worry about God punishing them or the people that they love. So they, they worry that, what if I do something sinful or I think something sinful, and then God decides to kill me or give cancer to my spouse or kill my parents or something? This is a, a common enough uh, compulsion or obsession for people with OCD that it's something that's worth mentioning. And uh, then they get into compulsive praying, which I'll get into in a second. Some people with OCD worry about bad things happening to them, like just being preoccupied with their spouse getting in a car accident, or what if a, turn- what if a tornado hits our house and like you know hurts everyone? Sometimes people with OCD worry about losing their mind. They worry about suddenly getting schizophrenia or, or coming down with Alzheimer's or something, and that's just something they can't stop thinking about. Or they might worry about having a, a heart attack or something, even though, when it, even though it's not rational to do, to do so. Again, these are unwelcome thoughts that cause a tremendous amount of anxiety. They're persistent. They're against your will. And often people with OCD know that they're not rational thoughts. So these obsessions often lead to compulsions. And so that's the key is like you're, you're terrified of some terrible worry and anxiety, and then you develop a compulsion to soothe that anxiety. So – and this, this compulsion can, can be something that people do over and over and over again, and it gets sort of reinforced in the brain to the point where uh, it's, an, it's almost impossible for people not to give in to the urge to do it. You know, you've seen people when they enter the room, they have to turn the light on three times or they they have to say a phrase every time they pass through a doorway or they have to clean their hands often or they they have to get rid of their toothbrush after every use or this sort of thing. Or they have to compulsively check things like the locks on the door or a stove or their blood pressure. Um, one person wrote on on Reddit that I read just now where they talked about how they're at the mall and they're walking past a rack of shirts. And he was like, and that I just, I just had this uncontrollable urge that I had to go back to that rack of shirt shirts and touch the buttons of, of one particular shirt uh, very precisely. So he's walking past the rack of shirts. And then this overwhelming urge says, you have to go back and touch all the buttons on that one shirt. So he'd turn around and he'd touch every single button of that shirt and then he could move on. So the obsession is you have to go back. You have to touch it or else something really horrible is going to happen. For some people, it's a very precise, horrible thing like their spouse dying or them dying, themselves dying. Or it's a sort of amorphous fear that like something terrible is going to happen. Or it could even just be a fear of having to deal with the uncontrollable itch over time. It's just like, well, if I don't turn around and touch all the buttons, a half an hour from now, I'm probably going to be suffering greatly. And so they'll turn around and do it to avoid that 
ongoing uncontrollable itch. Um, also, people will compulsively line things up in the fridge or compulsive hand washing. Uh, to put a fine point on the hand washing issue, there are people who say, oh, I'm so OCD about washing my hands. Donald Trump claims that he has OCD. He has claimed in interviews that he has OCD because he – when he shakes a lot of – because he's a celebrity. So when he was a celebrity and he would shake a lot of people's hands and he says that he would wash his hands a lot. And from the look – from the sound of what he does, it's he doesn't qualify for the diagnosis of OCD even though he's claiming he has OCD. He uh, has a rational fear of sh- when you shake a lot of people's hands, the the chance of you getting contaminated with the flu or some other kind of virus or bacteria or something goes up, right? And so it's somewhat rational to wash your hands or to even avoid shaking random people's hands because you don't know where they've been. And so that is not OCD. That is just concern about getting sick and somewhat rational in today's world. Um, and that's, there's a big difference between that and people who have compulsive hand washing. People who have compulsive hand washing will wash their hands dozens or hundreds of times a day. And they might not just use soap. They might use bleach. So imagine dozens of times a day washing your, washing your hands with like diluted bleach on your hands and the amount of damage that you would do to your hands. People, have, people will have bleeding hands. You know, they'll be hurting their skin so badly that they're bleeding and they just keep washing their hands. That's compulsive hand washing, not just washing your hands after you shake, you know, a dozen people's hands who you don't know. People will also involve get involved in compulsive house cleaning. They'll they'll want to clean their house compulsively. Again, there's a big gap between normal or so, shall we say high-end normal fastidiousness or uh, meticulousness or cleanliness and then uh, there's a big line between that. There's a line between that and qualifying for the diagnosis of OCD in the DSM. There's a wide variety of people in the normal range regarding cleanliness of a house. And just because you're at the high end of the normal range doesn't mean that you have OCD. Compulsive praying. Some people will need to pray over and over and over again. This one person on Reddit was talking about how in order to avoid God's wrath, they whenever they had some sort of sinful thought or what they interpreted as a sinful thought or they did something something sinful, they needed to uh, rectify the situation by praying this particular prayer that took a while to pray. And the problem was, was that sometimes when he would be praying, uh, an intrusive thought would sort of interrupt the flow of the prayer, and he had to go back to the beginning. So not only did he have a compulsion to pray, but he also had a compulsion to pray the prayer, what, maybe it was like a pre-written prayer or something, he had to get through the prayer without any interruption or else he would have to go back again. And he would talk about how this process, he might have to start over hundreds of times before he actually manages to get through the entire prayer without any intrusive thought. So I hope, you know, from this, you're getting the picture that OCD is horrible, right? It's not just like, oh my God, I'm, I don't like dust bunnies underneath the couch, therefore I have OCD or oh my God, my paper towels that I buy from the store don't really match my wallpaper. Oh my God, I hate it. I'm so OCD. That's not OCD, right? That's just a preference and you can say it. That's fine. You can prefer things. You can be clean. You can like to be clean. But having OCD is awful. It is an awful, awful condition that is just awful. It's an awful thing. 
Some people will have compulsions regarding their body and movement. Like for, I have a mild compulsion. I don't actually qualify for OCD, but I have a mild compulsion where if I itch one finger, I have to itch the other finger. It's a common kind of symmetry compulsion that a lot of people have. The reason why I don't qualify for OCD is because if I'm prevented from doing that, I'm okay. I'll have mild distress, you know, about it, but it's 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 not a problem. I, I know that it's it's not a big deal. For other people who actually qualify for OCD, if they itch one finger and they're somehow prevented from being able to itch the other finger, they're it'll their distress will just mount mount and mount and they might even like freak out they might even dissociate from the because they're so afraid and they're so distressed they might even kind of have to dissociate from the situation i think lena dunham talks about how she had to do that when she was young um so yeah there's some other people talking on reddit about that and there's many other forms of compulsions that i won't go into for the sake of time so I just want to talk about one particular scenario that could happen to, to illustrate the horribleness of OCD and what it might typically look like. So let's say you have someone with OCD and they've had many different obsessions and compulsions over the years. But, you know, 10, 20 years into their disorder, they suddenly start developing a obsession about their stove being on. The, it's a natural gas stove and they're worried about it being on and blowing up the house. And so they're sitting in the living room and they're thinking, ooh, what, what if the stove is on? Even though there's no reason to think that the stove would be on. So they run into the kitchen, they check the stove, and there's, a, there's this release of dopamine in that situation. It's like, okay, the stove is fine. I'm okay. And it, there's this temporary relief. And then you go to bed. She goes to bed, head hits the pillow, and she's like, um, wait, what? did I really turn off the stove? What if someone else didn't? What if someone else turned on, turned on the stove? What if the cat jumped up on the stove and accidentally turned on the stove. I better get up and check. And it's this mounting, overwhelming itch and distress and anxiety. Go to the stove. Okay. It's it's not on. Everything's okay. Go back to bed again. Well, you know, again, uh, time uh, sort of, it's sort of cyclical. It You know, there's a, there's like a mounting anxiety and then compulsion behavior and then relief and then mounting. It's just like round and round and round the cycle. And then they go back to bed and she's like, um, well, wait, what if when we were cooking dinner the other night, we jostled the whole stove and it dislodged the stove from the wall, which caused the pipe of the natural gas to start to leak? I better go check that. So they get up and they check that. And then they go back to bed and they think, wait, by checking it, did I dislodge the gas? What if, what if that happened? I better go check it in. So they check it again. Then uh, they go back to bed and they're like, but wait, how do you know? You know, what if I fall asleep and something happens? And then they get up and they go outside and they actually just turn off the natural gas from the from the you know from the street. They just say that's it, no more natural gas coming into the house. And then that manages to help. They go back to bed. They they fall asleep. They go to work. They uh, are at work and they're like, she's like, wait, what if someone came back? What if my you know husband went back to the house? turned the stove back on, figured out what was wrong, went out to the street, turned back on the gas, then went back to work and left the stove on. I better go home and check. So they drive home, they leave work, they check. Uh, repeat this over and over and over again. It's very debilitating, very preoccupying. It's depressing to people to have to live like this. Their relationship starts to suffer. Their health starts to suffer. Their sleep is suffering. They might even lose their job. And before long, they're alone 
they're at they can't leave the house because they have to always be checking to make sure that the stove and many other compulsions and obsessions that they have and they're it's just a horrible life that that's the typical kind of progression of OCD it tends to progress is is kind of another point to that is that you know notice how it just started with like ooh i wonder if the stove is on oh i better go check and then the itch just gets more intense the compulsions get more out of hand the lifestyle gets more out of control, and that's how OCD progresses. It tends to get worse and worse and worse over time. People start to develop more and more obsessions and more and more compulsions. Okay, so one of the things to talk about is where's the line, again, between uh, just normal compulsions and obsessions and what we might qualify people for the diagnosis of OCD. You noticed earlier I said, I don't have OCD, but I have this minor compulsion. That in a nutshell, is is this, and this is paraphrasing the DSM, is that if the OCD, if the obsessions and compulsions ruin your life, then you likely qualify for the diagnosis of OCD. If your obsessions and compulsions do not ruin your life, and we're talking like significant ruin to your life, then you probably don't qualify. Having said that, if someone's in the gray area and you put them in front of a hundred different mental health clinicians, you're going to get different opinions about whether or not the person qualifies for it because there's no numerical marker. Diagnosing for people in the gray zone is often opinion-based, and so there's no definitive line. But I hope this episode helps to you know people to understand where that line is. I want to say that there is treatment that absolutely works for OCD. It's one of the few things that we can actually say in mental health that we can actually cure with psychotherapy, namely uh, uh, OCD-focused CBT and exposure therapy, along with medication if needed, can absolutely reduce symptoms, maybe even completely eliminate them so that they never come back. For most people, it's just a reduction of symptoms and it becomes manageable. But for some people, it's complete eradication of symptoms. And so people should not be suffering from OCD the way that they do uh, you know, without getting treatment. We have too much stigma in our society so people don't seek help or they don't know that they're suffering from OCD. Or there's no access to mental health or not enough awareness of how to access mental health. We don't have enough tax dollars that are spent towards mental health services. It's a problem in our society. It needs to change. I hope it will. We're doing some things, but we could do better. All right. That does it for that episode. Please become a patron of the podcast. When you become a patron of the podcast at patreon.com, you get access to my deep dive on OCD. I did a, you know, I don't know, a couple hour episode on OCD that's only available for patrons of the podcast. And I've done a bunch of other deep dives, narcissism, suicide, and many, many others that are only available to patrons. Also, if you're watching this video on our regular YouTube channel, uh, please please go to our other YouTube channel and subscribe. It's called Psychology in Seattle Videos, and that channel is just for videos and not just the audio-only episodes. Please take care of yourself, and thanks for joining me. And please take care of yourself because you deserve it. You really, really do. <laughs>